0: The Once in Future Nerd is independently produced. If you're enjoying the show and would like to support us, visit onceandfuturenerd.com support to find out how you can help. Listening to this show on an iOS device? Leave us a rating on iTunes, please.
1: Sir Brennan, do you know of any person of pro-creative age with a claim to the higher throne? In the great hall of the Elven High Council, deep within the White Forest... Every eye in the room was fixed on Sir Brennan Willemson. The fate of Jordan relied on his next word. Would the Tarlogil intervene on behalf of House Guernatal against Ardell Redmore, or would they stand aside and allow human affairs to progress unimpeded? The law demanded a Guernatal heir. Queen Irana Regan, rightful heir of House Guernatal, stood beside the old General. In the tense, heavy silence that filled the hall, Regan studied the elvish faces in the room. Her wits, forged razor-sharp by the cruel hammer of experience, searched for a hint as to how to proceed. The interminable silence stretched on until...
2: No. No, we don't know anyone like that.
0: (laughs)
1: The Once and Future Nerd Book 1 Princes of Jordan Chapter 8 Evil Untold Episode 1 Regan had just turned down any possibility of Elvin's support for her regency, or assistance in dealing with Ardell Redmore. Every eye in the room turned towards her. The faces of Brennan and Yillowin each showed surprise. The faces of the High Council were just confused, as they had expected an answer from Brennan.
0: Well, then, there's little more to discuss.
1: Disappointment and desperation warred on Sir Brennan's face. His eyes searched the faces of the Elven Council, seeking some hint that they may change their mind. We could retrieve House Guernator's talisman of Dominion. The General looked again towards Regan, begging her to confirm.
2: It's far away, but we do know where it is.
0: Were you able to return that to us, it would be greatly appreciated. And what of the High Throne then? Talismans symbolize status, they don't confer it. You know that. Now, Sir Brennan, I wish you honor, glory, and fortune as you avenge your liege. Wait, if I
3: may, Ty, with greatest respect, surely order is best served by putting Traff down sooner
0: rather than later. He'll only gain strength. Well do I know it. Even as we speak, some younger elves, out of ignorance, malice, or madness, crop their hair short and whisper sympathies for the chaotic causes of the orcs. Nothing else sickens me so deeply.
1: To their shame, Yilluin and his family, you'll recall, knew of just such a young elf. In fact, she was currently minding Billy, Jen, and Nelson back at
0: home. But that is precisely why the law is so indispensable. If we forsake it now, what kind of example would that set?
3: What if there were none left to set an example for, Tai? That
2: will do, Yelowine. This is no longer your concern.
3: What? Uh, of course it is.
2: House Guernetal has fallen, through no fault of your own. You're recalled from your post with commendation.
3: But House Guernatole
1: is not fallen.
2: Its last living member is slain, and there are no heirs. What would you call that? Uh, uh.
1: Yiluin looked towards Queen Regan, his eyes begging her to speak up. Regan shook her head nearly imperceptibly and said nothing. If that's all, then adjourned this gathering of the High Council is. While the High Council was in session, Our children from Pennsylvania remained in Yiloween's parents' house, minded and entertained by Yiloween's sister, Yilodeek. The young elf was playing her harp in the human style. Was attempting to play her harp in the human
4: style. What do you think? It's very beautiful. My friends would be so jealous to hear you say that. We all like human music better than elvish music. So much more expressive, don't you think? Uh Uh-huh. And it's so beautiful, the way you all scorn sexual gratification. I don't know if we'd scorn it. It's not really beautiful. People are super mean about it, actually.
2: Hey, if your parents are all so gung-ho about sex, how come there aren't a lot more elves around?
4: Eggbear and elves can ovulate or not at will. That's kind of the greatest, actually. Chalice. I think we're plain sick of our parents telling us what's good, what's just, what's beautiful. They say we're naive. I say they're so scared of anything changing they've convinced themselves nothing can be other than it is. I mean, sure, there'd be sacrifices, but I can't understand what in Jordan everyone is so afraid of.
1: At this moment, Ilodjik removed a small silk pouch from her harp case. From within the pouch, she retrieved a handful of clumpy green leaves. She placed most of these leaves into her mouth and then offered the rest to the group.
4: Anyone want a hit?
1: No, thanks. I get tested for the football team. A small touch on the shoulder from Jen reminded Billy of the likelihood of his returning to his football team in the near future. Had anyone asked, a word from Nelson would have invited speculation as to whether any vegetation from Jordan could even be detected by Northeast Pennsylvanian drug tests. Although nobody asked. Either way, Billy reconsidered.
3: Yeah, okay. Fuck it.
4: They're scared of it because you're harder to control when your mind's been opened. Don't trust anyone over 300.
1: As Billy was reaching into the silk pouch... The door swung open. Billy frantically tossed the pouch back to Yiludyik, who hid it in her harp case as Nia stalked into the room.
4: We're leaving. Thank our hosts and gather your things.
1: A short time later, the party was packed and ready to leave. The humans waited outside while Yiluin remained to discuss with his parents. The High Council flays its own fingers
3: to spite its hands.
2: Haven't you done enough to humiliate us today, Eloine?
3: In Memlig, lig lig can be translated as words, law, or reason. And I think the memyat have the right of it.
2: Yes, you seem to have become quite fond of their kind. There comes
3: a point where the words of the law and the reasons of the law are at odds. And when we reach that point, surely reason must prevail.
1: And who presumes to decide when we've reached that point? who claims the wisdom to know when the laws of our ancestors must be sacrificed on the Altar of Expedience. You,
3: (laughs) I should hope not. These are my friends and they need my
5: help.
2: It is not the duty of a Kaltir to make friends with their kind. Walk away from this blasted ordeal now while you still hope for a seat on the High Council.
3: I've seen Sir Brennan routinely risk his life to defend order and the law. What have the bureaucrats on the Council done to preserve order lately? Far
1: more than you seem capable of understanding. Speak not down to me.
3: I understand more than you think. And far less than you think. You raised me to love the Ancestors' Laws and Galladin's Order above all else. To protect them at any expense. And that's what I do now. I disappoint you. You disappoint me by not seeing that. By not trusting my intentions or the character you instilled in me.
2: It's not your intentions or character we mistrust.
1: You're too young to foresee the consequences of actions. And too childish to be grateful for things as they are. I shall return to you when I have
3: been proven correct. And embrace you with no bitterness.
2: And if that day never comes?
3: I suppose I'll return in shame and hope you can embrace me with no bitterness. You're a damned fool, child. Then you're a damned fool's parents.
1: Until we meet again. Yillowin briefly put a hand on each parent's shoulder and then turned and left, making sure to hoist his head high until he was out of sight. As he left, Bart poured himself a drink. Oh, for nature's sake, with the blasted doors! Anyway. Thus, our party found themselves trudging down the main road out of the white forest. All were in poor spirits, but none more so than Yilloween.
4: Dude, Weenie, your parents are
3: harsh, man.
2: Not to mention racist.
3: They've only tried to raise me as best they know. Yeah, but they don't have to be such d- such dicks about it.
2: Maybe they do, if stepping out of line is risky enough.
1: As they reached the gates of the forest city, the group halted. Brennan turned towards his queen and spoke urgently.
5: It's not too late to fix this, Your Grace.
2: Situation hasn't changed. I made a decision. What about the stuff we talked about? I took it under careful consideration.
5: Do you not understand where you've left us? We're lost, Your Grace.
2: None of it adds up. I can't figure out what the elves want. And I don't want to go into business with anyone unless I know what they want.
5: The High Throne is not a business, Your Grace. Please. I understand your weariness, but we've no options left.
2: Brennan, have you ever dodged a sword or a bolt and you have no idea how you knew it was going to be there? There's just a part of you deep down that knows when to duck.
5: That was not a fight.
2: It's all a fight. Every breath I've ever taken was a fight. I thought you'd understand that.
1: Suddenly... Yillowin's head snapped round, looking back into the forest. Radha's approach from within.
0: Hail, Sir Brennan!
1: Reloadied, Lord Commander of the Tar-Lohil, approached our party, flanked by a number of her knights.
5: Lord Commander.
1: Brennan fell to one knee and lowered his head. After a moment, the other humans followed suit, Billy just a fraction later than the rest. Yillowin did not bow, but held a fist to his chest in salute. Ta'id, I I deeply hope I did
3: you no insult nor spoke out of turn before.
0: I hadn't noticed. Sir Brennan, I have something I would ask of you. Warrior to warrior. A quest, you might say.
5: A quest? What is it? That's when the party's given some objectives to complete, usually in exchange
2: for some reward. But that's, that's not important right now.
0: Indeed. I'm sure you're aware, Sir Brennan, that the Heel have duties beyond simply protecting the elven realms of Aeorden and upholding the White Forest Concordat.
3: They also seek out, protect, and preserve sites and relics of historical importance to the realm.
0: We've recently become aware of a relic of great importance which we believe resides in an ancient burial
4: mound not far from Freehold. Hmm, I've heard of this place. There are accounts of horrid blasphemies there, albeit of varying reliability.
0: Posterity has a way of exaggerating, but of course there is likely some danger. Either traps of those who built the mound or else bandits who have gotten there first.
5: Wait, but aren't you guys supposed to be like the baddest badasses in the world?
1: Re gave Billy a long, cold
0: stare. It's a compliment where we're from. Oh, surely. Mounted and on the fields of honorable battle, the tallow heel are second to none. But of course, our prowess would be somewhat wasted were we afoot, single file, in dark tunnels. Not by much, of course. A knight of the wood is still a knight of the wood. But we were prepared to excavate the whole tomb to minimize the risk.
4: That would be a very costly endeavor. Yes, we
0: know. However, a small fighting force, used to fighting together, and with the right skills. And what makes you think we have the right skills for robbing graves, Ta'id? Pray let us operate with some level of mutual respect. I see the arms you bear, arms-bearer. You've had the moon crest fashion of saber modified to straighten the blade.
1: Commander Reed drew her own saber now. The shimmering, pearly-white blade, ornamentally carved, curved sharply off in the shape of a half-crescent.
0: In a saber, the curved blade maximizes cutting area when swinging cross-body from horseback. To demonstrate,
1: Rhys suddenly swung the blade across the front of her body. A fly fell from the sky, cut cleanly in half.
0: With a straightened blade, you lose nearly every advantage that design affords. Except close quarters mobility. Vital if you wish to, let's say, covertly retrieve some wares from a... Burial mount. My thoughts, exactly. Glad to see we understand each other.
1: Re resheathed her sword as Brennan considered the elf's offer.
5: What sort of wares are we to retrieve, Taid?
0: We believe there is a chest which contains a very important document. That is what you shall seek.
2: No one likes a fetch quest.
3: Mind your company.
0: Now this is very important. Do not attempt to open the chest yourselves. Then how do do we we know know what's what's in it? it?
1: Nia and Regan glanced at each other briefly, before
0: turning back to Ree for the answer. If our information is correct, the chest will be impossible to mistake for anything else. As I was saying, the document we desire is very old and very fragile. Mere contact with the winds of today may damage it beyond repair, and those who built the chest may have done so in a way that destroys its contents if it is opened improperly. I cannot have you take that risk, so you must bring the chest to me, unopened.
2: That should be fine, unless one of us has an insatiable curiosity as a tragic character flaw.
0: Uh, that'd be you, Dorkstar. Un. Opened. Say it back to me if you would.
5: Unopened, Taid.
0: Good. We're all understood. I didn't hear him agree to this transaction. I didn't hear him give you leave to conduct business on his account. Sir Brennan, will you do us this service?
1: Brennan tried to balance the need to maintain his appearance of command with his too keen awareness that the decision truly belonged to his queen. While pretending to consider, he caught a glance at Regan from the corner of his eye. Without a better idea, Regan raised her shoulders briefly before reluctantly nodding in agreement. I
5: would, but how urgent is the need? I only ask because we may need some time to study the maps and decide how our particular skills may best be tactically employed.
0: I don't expect a day or so to do any harm, but... To encourage you to timely action, allow me to present some tokens of good faith.
1: At a gesture, three elves came forward from the rear of the group. From their saddlebags, they unslung a number of rolls of golden cloth. They placed these reverently on the ground before Brennan and slowly unrolled the parcels. As they did, a glow rose forth.
5: Kaladin's great mercy.
1: Laying before them on the ground was a veritable armory's worth of gear. Weapons and armor shone in the sunlight. Each piece was a pearly white, yet seemingly reflected the entire rainbow of colors in the bright daylight.
2: I knew we were due for an equipment upgrade.
1: General Brennan was immediately drawn to an enormous battle axe. He stroked the shimmering blade devoutly.
5: This blade is of moon silver,
0: And the handle is white wood. These are sacred. A personal gift from my own armory, Yeleween. Will you take yours? I hear you're becoming quite the archer. Too long now, you have hewn your shafts from peasant pulp. These are white wood, and fletched with the feathers of mountain eagles, so they'll fly further and truer. And the heads are moon-silver, so they'll pierce deeper.
3: I, I do not deserve such splendorous gifts, Tade.
0: Ye kas ti mo
3: For home and honor, Tide.
0: And for your chaplain, a consecrated whitewood staff. I shall treasure this for the
4: rest of my days.
0: We have shirts of moon-silver mail, short-swords, and half-shields for your squires. Jen was pleased to note that the elven
1: idea of armor actually appeared to serve a protective role. Nelson, of course, was just excited to have new apparel. Billy, however. Does it have to be so... Glee-like? Once again, Ree stared at the boy in confusion. He's asking about all the colors. (laughs) Moonsilver
5: is tougher than steel and lighter than leather. The sheen is just a result of the forging process. Only whitewood burns hot enough to forge moonsilver.
0: And only the elves have whitewood. And for you, arms bearer Rilothit
1: gestured to a particular pair of bundles. Regan opened them slowly to reveal a twin pair of mechanical crossbows. The wood was covered in an intricate array of fine carvings.
0: Those are repeating crossbows. Smaller versions of the ones we carry. More maneuverable in close-quarters combat. Ideal for combat in, say, a tomb. The elf
1: procured a bandolier of spare bolts, which Regan joyously strapped across her chest.
0: You'd trust us with these? As I said, a show of good faith. Of course, there will be additional compensation on completion of this quest. How much? Gold is not everything armsbearer. Sir Brennan, your help would free a great many of my riders to other tasks, and for that we'd be very grateful. I should think we could sort out your little orc problem.) <laughs>
1: For additional information and bonus content, access onceandfuturenerd.com on your computer machine. New episodes are released every other Sunday. The Once and Future Nerd is written and created by Zach Glass and Christian Madera and directed by Christian Madera. It is performed by
4: Rhiannon Angel
0: Garrett Arman Branson.
4: Lily Drexler Anya Gibeon
1: Ian Harkins Paul Notice. Frank Quares.
4: Julie Reed.
1: Gregory M. Schultz. It is co-executive produced by Jess Kelly. Alex Storey is an associate producer. The Once and Future Nerd is recorded by Brian Forbes at the Gallery Recording Studio in Brooklyn, New York, with additional audio engineering by Sam Palumbo. Foley sound design and mixing is done by Sandra Ramirez. This episode was edited by Josh Perot. Theme music is composed by Tom Lee. Thanks for downloading